Hey, I'm Spencer. And I'm Britton. Since 2011, Buckethead has released 287 albums in his Pike series. We're going to listen to him. Three at a time. This is Getting Head. Oh, Oh, Buckethead! Logs, friends, and bucketheads. This is episode number twenty-eight of Getting Head, a bucket cast. Hell yeah, twenty-eight. Hell yeah. Nothing good happens when you're twenty-eight. No, nobody likes you when you're twenty-eight or twenty-three or twenty-four or twenty or all of your twenties or ever. No, yeah, I guess that's kind of the human condition, right? Yeah, nobody likes you. <laughs> Just got to yep. deal with that. That's life. Imagine, imagine being liked. <laughs> I do imagine that sometimes. Must be nice. It must be. Yeah. It must be I don't know. real nice. I'm more familiar with being reviled, I think. Yeah, yeah. I uh I I, I am at the end of so many revenge plots at this point mm-hmm. that uh you know, it's kind of part of my personality, I feel. Like I'm okay with being a foil at this point. Yeah. I'm a, I'm more I'm I'm like a, a heel in wrestling. You know? There you go. Yeah. I'm just playing a character mm-hmm. who's uh you know just like throwing their trash out the window on the highway and like eating dogs and uh you know all all bad things just all bad things. <laughs> speaking of which i i am forever reminded of so my my brother i call him my brother he's my cousin it's complicated we'll just say my brother yeah. no I, I i went to dinner with him and my mom and his girlfriend at the time, they'd been dating for a long time. They were very serious. Mm-hmm. And her dad, so my my brother's girlfriend's dad, we all went to dinner. Okay. Yeah. I think it was at a Chili's, I want to say, in Anchorage, Alaska. Loving we went to it. Chili's a lot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a thing you do. Yep. In Alaska. Mm-hmm. And her dad, who lived in Southeast Asia, um, regaled us while we were waiting to order our food with a story of eating dog eating dog meat. Mm-hmm. And I am forever reminded by of this story by just thinking about this like weird, <laughs> like old white dude just talking very loudly about eating dog meat in a Chili's in Anchorage, Alaska. <laughs> every, everyone at the table feeling uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's not... Um, uh, did, did, did you... Did you ask any questions? I mean, oh yeah, I've, I've got I a mean, lot of questions. Like, so, what, so what? Uh, yeah, like, break, break, break this down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to like interrupt. <laughs> Keep going. How, how does dog taste? Uh, what I, rem- I I don't remember a lot of this. This was a long time ago. I was probably Fair. eighteen, maybe seventeen, eighteen at the time, and I was mm-hmm. high as fuck. Like uh, t- uh, uh, real uh, stone, a, a teenage um, dirt bag by Weedus, if you will. <laughs> I was a teenage dirt bag. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, 100%. Um, I just remember him being like, yeah, it's a greasy meat, you know? <laughs> yeah, stringy. I yeah, I mean, well, I mean, depending on the dog, and I'm sure they're, like, not actually, like, raising dogs for food and, like, fattening them up in a way that, like, makes their meat pleasant, like we, you know, do with, like, factory farming. Imagine factory farming dogs, like, in That's America. Awful. And how, un- that how unpopular that would be. That, like, would, be, that would be you incredibly would, unpopular. Yeah. 
maybe I should do in exploring my role is like the heel. Uh, maybe Let's, I should open no. up a dog a dog farm. No. For no. For f- food quality dog. No. No. N- no. I mean it. Would you break veganism if someone was like, "Hey, I got some dog jerky." It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was. It was an. It was an awkward experience. Um, I think about it sometimes. That guy was like weird and really intense, and definitely the vibe of an old white man who lives in Southeast Asia. Oh, <laughs> like, he was an old white man. I didn't. Okay, I didn't catch that. I thought oh, it was just yeah. an Asian guy who lived in Southeast Asia. I'm like, okay, that's a cultural thing. Whatever, it's fine. No, no, he's an American dude who lives in mm. Thailand by choice. Oh, so he's got interesting tastes that's a way to put it not maybe the right way to put it by that i mean a lot of external hard drives the fbi is seeking (laughs) um yeah so that was that was a time uh my brother no longer dating said girl oh he didn't marry into that fucking royal family Nope, didn't last. You know, I don't know if the dog meat story was part of that or not, but I like to imagine it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope I hope that's the the moment he realized it was over. He's like, I can't, I can't do it with this dog meat guy. <laughs> I I can't, you know, because you marry the parents too, and like you don't want to marry dog meat guy. You don't want to. You don't want to have a dog meat dad. Dog meat guy with like child porn. Like you don't want dog meat dad. That's you don't no want good. a dog meat dad. You don't want an chan dad. Oh, woof. Yeah, anyways, Britt, what's new? Hit me. How you doing? Doing, doing pretty good. Hanging out. Uh, You've been doing some walking, I hear. Tell me about your walking. God, I've been walking everywhere, dog. I've walked like probably like 30, 40 miles in the past few days. I'm just, just, just I, out there walking. It feels good, right? Like That's great. Just walking. No. Especially since it's nice out, and it, made, mm-hmm. it kind of made me realize, like, I really just love walking everywhere, but I fucking hate, like, the weather here. Like, there's there's maybe, like, five good months out of the year to, like, just walk around whenever you want. Like, you know, where you don't have to, like, put on a bunch of coats and scarves and shit like that. <laughs> like, I love coats and scarves and shit like that, but well, I'm, like... I, only if you're a pussy. Go, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> I'm... Uh, no, I, I actually, like, so... I like walking around too. I actually really like the weather here. Even when it's like colder, like, I don't know. I think most of the time it's all right. It it only sucks if it's like really wet and really cold, which it can get, you know, and that Mm -hmm. does suck. It's like the the wet cold really like kind of gets into your bones and it really doesn't feel good. But when it's not that, it's great. True. True that. Yeah. Heck yeah. What's going on with you, dude? Oh, you know, I've been making noise music with this synthesizer toy I bought from you. That's been fun. Cool noise. That's everyone's yeah. favorite genre of music. <laughs> why, why don't you, yeah, why don't it's you pretty talk great. about I, that? I sent it to my, uh, my one friend who likes noise music, and I was like, check out my noise music. That's the only person I sent it to. And he was like, yeah, it's pretty good noise. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> is, is that really a good friend to have? I bet this guy's like into paleo or something weird, right? No, no, no. no. He's he's like really dope. Oh, he's really into beans. Interesting, a beans guy, but also a noise guy. And like when you know noise guy and also beans guy, like it makes sense. 
Yeah. Do you, do you think he's the type of guy who will just like straight up open a can of beans and like just eat it straight out of the can with a spoon? Without uh, eating it? So he's my coworker and I have mm-hmm. literally watched him do that on a lunch break. Oh, hell yeah. What, what kind of, what kind of beans like does he prefer? Do you think like, is he a Bush's guy? Is he like a, a generic guy? You know, uh, does he like the, the, I don't the know. Pork, pork and beans? I, I like, I know he just you likes should, beans a lot in you general, sh- you should but like, I, I'm not actually sure what his favorite, we should get him as a guest on this podcast actually like he would be a great guest hell yeah you love to hear it um oh oh another exciting thing that happened to me right uh mm-hmm. i shaved yeah. off my neck stripes i saw that so i saw I got, that i got so no more neck you... stripes anymore it, if you're listening to this what that means is i grew a handlebar mustache that mm-hmm. went all the way down my neck so i had stripes going from the edge of my chin um or going from my my mustache down to the edge of my chin and then down my neck in like long uh, uh stripes very and, um very much like uh well, God, what what's the name of that dude? Um he's in like uh High on Fire and Matt or Pike. Matt Pike, yeah. Very mm-hmm. very Matt Pike of you. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess no. I can see that. Because he um, he had that mustache forever and I think he might still have it, but yeah. So the next stripes were incredibly stupid. But I loved mm-hmm. them yeah. because of how stupid they were. And yeah. uh, it was a fun thing to have, but I've since shaved them off, and now I just have a regular old Hulk Hogan style mustache, which I think looks better on me than the neck stripes. You know, can, can we call it a brother stash? A brother stash, yeah. Brother stash, and uh, it's it's been fun. It's been fun. It's cool that I have a mustache now. We we haven't talked about that, but like I have never had a mustache at all in my life up until no. you know, I mean, last year. Oh. Most, not most people. A lot of people can grow beards. They just don't have the patience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I can't grow a beard though. So what I did mm. is like I didn't. You may have noticed some of this, but like earlier this year, I didn't shave my face for like four months or something, just because I wanted yeah. to see what would happen. And guess what? Well, Fucking bullshit happened it looked awful and felt awful and i <laughs> so, fucking hated it so so you took a picture of yourself and that that's uh the like what i made an illustration of you for the um the like the you know the thing for this podcast and like you have a beard and like you only had a beard for maybe like a, a month or two out of your life and for some reason it's just like mm-hmm. your icon on this podcast now so yeah yeah that's that is, yeah that I, is should, I, I mean i I don't think I actually like um like combined the beard layer with the rest of your face. So I think I could actually take the beard layer off. Sure. Let me let me look yeah, into that. I, I, I think I'm gonna stick with just the uh the the brother stash for a while. I like the way it brother looks. Stash. It's fun, it's stupid. It's it's mm-hmm. as stupid, I think, or almost as stupid as the next stripes, but it's it's more like socially acceptable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so it, it's a fun vibe, you know, nobody gets to see it cause we're all wearing masks and probably will be for most of the rest of my life. Um, but we shall see. We shall, you know, um, but you know, that, that, that's it really. That's cool. Brit, uh, What's up? uh, will you hit me with a bucket first? I will hit you with a bucket fact. Bucket fact, 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 b
One of the books most commonly attributed to Buckethead's technical prowess is The Thesaurus of Scales and Melodic Patterns by Nicholas Slomsky, which is a publication also extensively utilized by virtuosos like Jason Becker, Marty Friedman, Sean Lane, as well as non-guitarists like John Coltrane and Jaco Pasturius, and famous assholes like Frank Zappa. (laughs) The book's guitar version is largely credited with helping popularize some important concepts in shred guitar, like 12-tone rows and three-note string scales. Yeah. Yeah, three notes per string is pretty iconic. Like, that's... Anytime you see somebody, well, not anytime, but like most of the time you see somebody doing those really shreddy runs, like it's always three note per string stuff. Yeah, like all that that Paul Gilbert. So apparently Paul Gilbert, I think, actually taught the three note uh, per string scales to Buckethead. Wild. Yeah. Paul totally Gilbert's wild. a character, man. That guy is he really is. something. He's, he's, like, he's like the cool version. It's like if Steve Vai was cool, he'd be Paul Gilbert. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, so when, when you said that, my first thought was if a Rivers Kumo was cool, it would be Paul Gilbert. But that's like <laughs> yeah. a, a totally weird Paul Gilbert's vibe. just like cool and like, I don't know, he's like incredibly good, but he doesn't give off that fucking like Steve Vai vibe. That Steve vibe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, of just, like, pretentiousness, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, he's very, like, unpretentious. He's very, like, he feels like he is your girlfriend's dad, and he's just stoked to talk to you about guitar. Yeah. Like, that, yeah, it's, that like, right. that kind of a vibe that I get mm-hmm. from him. Right, and, right. And, like, and, and you think, like, oh, this this guy just, like, fucks around on guitar or whatever, but then he fucking pulls up the axe, and the dude is a fucking, like, world-class virtuoso. Like, totally. Paul Paul Gilbert's amazing. Yeah, and what's what also what also is interesting about Paul Gilbert is that he doesn't like he's one of the more tasteful shredder guys in the sense that like he doesn't he's not always doing the crazy shredding stuff. Like a lot of his music is like very like restrained, which I think is interesting. Yeah. At least in the context of shred guitar. <laughs> Yeah, but, you oh, know, man. he was... That's a he title was also, for the episode. Interesting in the context of Shred Guitar. That's nothing's interesting in the context of Shred Guitar. Oh, God. I was thinking about Joe Satriani the other day because um, we were talking about Kill 'Em All, and <clears throat> Joe Satriani taught uh, fucking... Uh, what's his name? Kirk Hammett, How to Play Guitar. No shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> that, that, that got me thinking. It was like, well, fuck, like... Joe Satriani was teaching guitar lessons in 1981. What the yeah. fuck? I mean, the dude's like in his 60s at least, right? He's got to be. No. Like, he, he also didn't, uh, didn't Joe Satriani teach Steve Vai how to play guitar? That sounds right too, maybe. He's 64, I guess. Yeah, wow, he's old as fuck. Yeah, Surfing with the Alien came out in like what, the late 80s, early 90s? And, like, that was, like, his biggest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, like, he rose to prominence after he was recruited by Mick Jagger to be lead guitarist for Mick Jagger's first solo tour. Interesting. That's I weird. Mean, he, he was recording well before that, um, but, like, that's when he, like, actually became a household name. Sure. As much as he is, I guess, you know. I guess he is, you know. Like, we, when you talk about shred guitar... 
Like he's definitely one of the dudes that comes up, you know. So, so we're gonna do a quick Satriani fact because this is super <clears throat> interesting. Um, Satriani fact. In uh, 1978, Satriani moved to Berkeley, California, to pursue a music career, um, and resume teaching. His students included Steve Vai, Kirk Hammett, David Bryson of Counting Crows, uh-huh. Kevin Cottigan from Third Eye Blind. Larry Lalonde from Primus. Wow. Who also, I guess, played for Possessed? I had no idea. Really? That's interesting. Apparently. That's fucking wild. Did he was he I on know, any right? of the recordings? Uh that's a great question. I don't know. Let me let me check it out real quick. See if I can figure Sorry, it out. Sorry, that's like that's weird to me. Like I So I, he he played guitar for them from eighty four to eighty seven. Uh so apparently, yeah, he would have been on seven churches and beyond the gates. Wow. The the guitarist from Primus. Yep, he is. He totally is. That's nuts. I had no idea. <laughs> what? What? I thought, because Larry Lalonde is only really known for just being the guitarist of Primus forever. Like, since, like, the 80s. Um, holy shit. Weird. I had no idea. That's, mm-hmm. Okay. Like, that's, that's awesome. Thing, I guess. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. I mean, because this is pretty cool. Yeah, they're, like, proto-death metal. They're, like, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. You're starting to fight with some nerds on the internet right now. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. Because like, oh man. So the the eternal battle, right? The the one that you see a lot in like internet forums and Facebook and shit like that is like, which was the first death metal band, possessed or death? And like people argue who, about who, it incessantly. Who cares? Like, and you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Like it doesn't it really matter doesn't. at all. Like, both yeah, bands like, brought interesting stuff to the table, honestly. And it's like, mm. I feel like genres are rarely attributed to one band. Like, in right. some cases they are, but it, but it's very rare. I feel like genres come about as a result of, like, a music scene. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, very, very like, much so. Like, it's like bands playing off each other and being influenced by each other and, like, through that, developing something new and unique. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it's like, I don't know. The, the, so, nerds, if you're listening to me talk right now, you're dumb. Like, stop arguing about death versus possessed and just listen to some fucking dope death metal. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The band Hell Yeah is the first death metal band. Definitely. Uh, they're the most extreme death metal band of all time. Absolutely. Um, they, they took the crown, I believe, from Cryptopsy. Sure, absolutely. Um, uh, that's why Lord Worm guested on all those Hell Yeah songs. That's also why Lord Worm quit Cryptopsy, is he could no longer keep up with how metal Hell Yeah was. Exactly. Which, you know, little, little known fact about the history of death metal there. Worm fact. <laughs> Lord Worm fact. <laughs> Um, so we listened to, uh, three more Pikes today. Yeah, we did. Uh, Pikes, uh, 82, 83, and 84. Calamity Cabin. Uh, Dreamless Slumber in Pike 84, Whirlpool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. There, there was a lot here. There's a lot lot here. here. Yeah. Um, let's start with, uh, Pike 82, Calamity Cabin, released on... September 27th, 2014. Uh, that would be on the exact same day as the previous Pike 81 uh, Carnival of Cartilage. 
Nice. Yeah, this one is, um, there's some like, honestly, there's some honest to goodness death metal riffing in this this album, which Mm -hmm. is cool and different um, and fun, you know? Like there's some pretty good riffs on this record. I feel like this one is a little bit more interestingly structured as far as like riffs go Mm -hmm. than some of his other like riff focused albums, you know, like more so than I think like than the ones we listened to last week. Yeah. Um, The one thing I really didn't like about this album is they use the, like the, the drum set from some of the earlier pikes with like the fucking terrible sounding cymbals. Um, And I was really just, I, I noticed it like the entire time, but like the guitar tone, the riffing, bass like everything else like really worked here and like yeah, even the, the drum programming was pretty good i just really didn't like the kit they used i did not notice the cymbal sound but i did notice no. the guitar tone the guitar tone is very like thick and it's heavy super thick and yes death metally mm-hmm. um, yeah which is cool i i wouldn't call this a death metal album let's just disclaimer no. here no it's it's, um, it's pretty thrashy with like a lot of death metal elements yeah i was just like this is like as far as riffs go like there are some riffs here that would not be out of place like in a real death metal band like something like mm-hmm. malevolent creation or like blood incantation or whatever right like like there are some yeah. riffs here that like could be used in a death metal context and would be great um and they're good here too. I, I'm not saying that the the context is bad here. It's just, uh, it's not really like a death metal album. There are no blast beats. <laughs> no, um, no. There's there's some like double bass stuff, and there's just yeah. like it's it's very much I think made death metal by like the fact that it has a lot of like very thrashy elements, but then there's a lot of very kind of like staccato riffs. Yeah, that are um, synced with the kicks. Right, uh, yeah. staccato riffs that are synced with the kicks and a lot of, like, uh, chromatic riffs, too. And, like, all of those elements together make it very, you know, pretty pretty death metal. That is true, uh, yeah. But more, more, like, just rooted in thrash with, like, occasional death metal outbursts, which is pretty cool. Like, it's, uh, like, I would really like to, like, hear this album, like, with vocals over it. I think it'd be pretty sick. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, like... Um, that was, that was something that I thought about a lot while I was listening to this. I was like, you know, like this, this record could really work. Like there's a lot of room for vocals. I feel like here, mm-hmm. um, and even there's room for leads. This is another album with no solos. There are no guitar solos. Right. Which is strange. Like, yeah, there's been a lot of those lately though, which is a lot of those. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and like, th- that's cool. Uh, but there's a lot of room in this one. I, I feel like. That, that said, like this one is is more interesting than some of those other ones. Like there there were definitely like other albums, other riff centric albums from him that we've heard where we've been like, you know, it would really benefit from some leads or like it could really use that. I didn't necessarily feel like this album, like I didn't feel like it it did it a disservice that there were no guitars on those. It was just like because it was still interesting. Like the riffs were still cool and it still worked. But um, there's room in this one for vocals or for something, you know? Um, but it, but it was fun. I, I, it was an enjoyable listen. I thought it was all right. Fair. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be a good soundtrack to like a destruction derby. Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. Like that's what I was I, thinking I, of while I was listening to it. I was just like, this just sounds like cars smashing into each other. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I was I was gonna go as like more like pump up music for maybe something like um, I don't know, like a Daredevil or something like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Def- definitely something like with explosions though. There's yeah. got to be explosions to this. Like music. a monster very... truck rally. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah definitely monster truck music. Ooh, that should be a genre. <laughs> I want to. I want to be in yes. a monster truck band. That sounds cool as fuck. Uh, huh? One of our friends and potential future guests, uh, Mister Mister Wang, Mister Andrew Stromstad, mm-hmm. um, is making an album of what he dubs as NASCAR Wave. And I've heard some of the songs, and let me tell you, it's fucking awesome. So that's interesting. That's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. That's NASCAR a Wave, thing. monster truck core. You know, mm-hmm. pretty it's where, cool. It's where we're at in society these days. Yeah, uh, an album that I don't think should have vocals, though. <laughs> it's going to be our next Pike. <laughs> uh, Pike eighty three, Dreamless Slumber, released on October third, twenty fourteen. Have you ever listened to that band, um, Transatlantic? I don't think so. So they're a prog band that Mike Portnoy plays drums for. Okay, yeah, I'm, like, I'm aware of them. I don't. Know I feel if like I've ever it's a super group. I feel like it has like some of the dudes from maybe like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I want to say maybe it's a different band. I'm not sure. Um, that's probably wrong. Uh, but anyways, they're they're super group. They're super group prog band. So um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to uh, interrupt. Oh, you there, Spock's but, uh, beard. It's Spock's beard, yeah, isn't Sp- it? Spock's beard. Yes. Uh, a guy from um, the guitarist from Kaipa, the Flower Kings, and Agents of Mercy. Never heard of him. And then, yeah, the bassist from Marillion in Edison's Children, and then Mark Portnoy. I've never heard of any of these people. They must be the who's who of the most boring bands on earth. So it's a prog band, and yeah. it's very prog. And it's like they they did like a concept album that I I actually got kind of into. It has like kind of a uh, uh, it has kind of a porcupine tree vibe, but with like uh, heavier on the synthesizers, you know, okay. like very long songs that are all that are kind of simple, but they have that like prog feel to them. You know what I mean? Um, it was fine. Anyways, I bring that up purely because. This album that we listened to, I feel like, is one of the more progressive Buckethead albums that we've, or the one of the more progressive rock out al- Buckethead albums that we've heard. Mm-hmm. And uh, with vocals, it would be insufferable, much like yeah. Transatlantic, <laughs> because everything is good about Transatlantic. I feel like, except the vocals. Yeah, I mean, like, and, and that's the thing about like a lot of prog music is it suffers because it has vocals. Like, honestly, I Truly. think Dream Theater would probably be a lot more listenable if they didn't have their fucking vocalist. Hundred percent. Because I, yeah. I, I, I hate, I hate it. Like James Labrie, fuck yep. you. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's a fine vocalist, but his performance in Dream Theater deserves shame. <laughs> I mean, like, there's a lot about Dream Theater, I feel like, that deserves shame. Like, if yeah. you're a fan of Dream Theater, you should be ashamed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's like, how do you have that much talent in a band and you're completely unable to write a good fucking song? I yeah. don't get it. I mean, so the thing about Dream Theater is, like, they have these moments. Like, there are moments that are, like, really something. Like, where it all comes together and there's, like, a really, like 
interesting bass part that's synced with an interesting drum part and there's like a beautiful guitar solo happening and like a beautiful chord progression on a synthesizer in the background and you're like yeah wow this is something wow i'm like so enjoying this and then it goes back to the verse which is like one stupid riff that they repeat for like 16 times well james labrie does some really insufferable vocals over it and it just i okay here's the thing uh i'm not saying that like if you're a fan of dream theater you suck i'm not saying that i'm just saying like dream theater is not a band for me and i could go greatly into detail as to why but ultimately it's a band for nerds yeah it's it's like um if um if uh Queensryche never ever had wanted to get laid. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I almost interrupted you and said, "If, if Queensryche never got laid, <laughs> yeah, that's that they would have ended up Dream Theater, a hundred percent. But they got fucking laid, and so they they were pretty cool up to a point. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good point because like a lot of Dream Theater's music is somewhat similar to Queensryche's music, but like longer and more boring so much more boring and more nerdy like it's Mm -hmm. like it's like ah, it's like those people that are really 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 into um uh fuck what's that show uh i want to say farscape but it's not farscape it's the the the, babylon five the show your dad's into (laughs) firefly oh fire yeah yeah oh speaking of which we haven't talked about the fact that your dad identifies as brown coat and that's great we love that we love that that's here fine. at the podcast. That's that's totally um, cool, dude. <laughs> um, but it's like people that are super into Firefly that like go to the conventions and shit, and they're like mm-hmm. just insufferable because they're just so aggressively into something that you're like, yeah, it's fine, but it's like you don't need to like it this much. Edit out my burps, please. I keep burping. I don't know what's going on. I just burped a couple times too. It's good. It happens. Ah, uh, there we go. That's a good one. I've been drinking this um, shoju. I don't know what shoju is. You never had shoju? Sounds sounds like some weeby ass shit. No, dude, shoju is really good. So it's uh, it's it's rice wine that is flavored and sweet. Oh, weeby ass shit. So what it is? It's basically uh, it's it's just rice alcohol um, that they sweeten with artificial flavor and artificial sweetener. What anime does that go best with? Shut up. Um, it's Korean, so it's not anime at all. Uh, what K-pop album does that go best with? <laughs> uh, any BTS it, album. Yeah, BTS. Um, I, I was thinking it was more of a Blackpink beverage because uh, it's for fucking girls. Well, so, bro, this uh, this showed you here is 12% alcohol cool. by volume. Cool. So, here's the thing. You mix this bad boy with some seltzer water, and it is a wine spritzer, my friend, but it's peach-flavored, which is really fucking nice. And let me just tell you, I love me a wine spritzer, but a wine spritzer made with shoju is way more tasty, and you cannot taste the alcohol at all. It's pretty good. Fair, fair. Sounds... Sounds like a plan. I live right by a Korean market, and I go there a lot, and they always have all this weird shit and so i buy weird shit from them all the time just to try it and uh one of the things that i kind of got into was shoju and Mm -hmm. it's it's interesting it's definitely like not 
a thing I think I would have tried otherwise. Like I'm only tried it because I was like, I'm here all the time and I see them sell so much of this shit. I should give it a shot. Is it, is it an H Mart near you? Yeah. Oh, um, so right now they have like a big deal on a whole bunch of Korean snacks. Yeah. Uh, when, when you go there, uh, check out the, like, the ones that look like Funyuns, because they fucking rock. Okay. Yeah, so I good. buy, like, Korean snacks all the time. They're great. Yeah. Koreans make the best snacks, dude. Koreans make the best garlic. So I, I, I buy this these, like, big tubs of crushed garlic from this mm-hmm. Korean company. It's like, has a bunch of Korean characters on it. I don't know, but it's literally just pure crushed garlic, and it's fucking so good. It is the Hell best... Yeah. It's the best because it's not pickled at all. Like it doesn't taste like, you know, like if you buy garlic in a jar, like it typically has a like pickled taste to it because um, it has vinegar mm-hmm. in it. This does not. It is just fresh crushed garlic and it's incredible for cooking. So good. Sick. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, anyways, Pike 83. Yeah. Um, this one was a real treat. Another all the fuck over the place album yeah uh, dreamless slumber released on uh, october 3rd 2014 i believe mm-hmm. which is um uh the birthday of our friend sam goodrich happy birthday happy birthday sam goodrich on october 3rd not now unless you're listening on october 3rd then we gotta send birthday. him this episode on october 3rd like listen to so. it Get through all the bullshit. There's going to be something there for you. <laughs> Just a little little nugget, a little present for you. Call out. Love you, Sam. Anyway, um, this one was uh, separated into nine tracks called parts one through nine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think we need to really go into individual tracks because this one, much like a uh, you know, like roller coaster track repair or uh, Jeopardy backwards, yeah, Jeopardy. was just all over the place. Yes. Loved it. Less yeah. intense than Jeopardy Backwards, for sure. Right. But um, I'd say a little more intense than like roller coaster track repair. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh definitely like it's it's all over the place. Um it works really good. One one of my notes says like this would be super interesting in a live context. Like to see a band playing this, I think would be like really something else. Very much so. Um yeah. in in the context of this album, though, it definitely does have a very, like, in-the-box kind of feel to it. Like, this was made in a DAW, and it sounds like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't bad. It's still interesting music, and uh, I, I still feel like it has some some, some strengths there. Um, but I, I like it when Buckethead does this stuff. Like, Me I like too. it when he gets weird. Hell yeah. I mean, he's always weird. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, th- this is one of the weirder, more experimental, like, proggier. Like, he just does so much here that it's hard to keep track of. And, like, even when he does a part I don't like too much, like, you know, five, ten seconds later, it's a new part. And so, you know. That's true. It's hard to hate on any one song or any one part too much because, like, there's always so much going on and he packs so much fucking musical information in there mm-hmm. that there's something for everybody, really. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and le- unless you just like songs that, like, don't change. Yeah. And, you know, that, that that's fine. I understand that. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, and it's fun. 
Um, I, I don't feel like it's as strong as those previous albums that we compared it to. True. Uh, but it is interesting. It's it's less metal and more like funk and prog based, I feel mm-hmm. like, um, which is also cool. Like, that's dope. Um, there's there's some guitar solos here, which are cool. It's great. There's also some like really interesting like melodic parts. Like he does some there 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 are some parts where he just does like a melody on the on guitar like it's just a melody, but mm-hmm. they're like interesting melodies and not like the sort of stuff we've heard before. Like a little bit different, and I think that that's cool. Yeah, I totally feel that. It was a it was a good album overall, and uh, definitely like um. Definitely a roller coaster soundtrack of an album. Like it had a lot of fucking turns, a lot of dips, dives, yeah. hills to climb. Like it was uh I could it agree was with very that. diverse. My my yeah. first thought was this sounds like the soundtrack to the weirdest ballet I've ever seen. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah, because there there were some interesting parts there and uh this one relied I, I feel a lot um on like auxiliary and hand percussion. There was a lot of, a lot of like bongo samples and shit in here. Which was an interesting, you know, choice. Because he's had bongos here and there on his stuff before, but I don't know if they've necessarily played as prominently as they did in this album. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was an interesting choice. I didn't hate it. Um, it. It was a pretty pretty cool, enjoyable album overall, I'd say. I'd say that as well. Pretty interesting. And also, yeah. pretty cool. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know what else was pretty cool? What? Pike 84. Hell yeah. World, it was really cool. I like this one a lot. Yeah. Um, Honestly. Oh, sorry. Go released ahead. on October 7th, uh, four days after the previous Pike Dreamless Summer. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what were you going to say there? I was going to say, what? I think this one is my favorite of this group of three. Mm-hmm. Um, I Definitely. really enjoyed listening to this. Like, it, it's, it's very in the same vein as 83. But it's a little bit more, like, it, streamlined. So I would actually say it's almost a perfect combination of Pike 82 and 83. Yeah. That, that's, it's a lot that's more a metal. It. Yeah. It's a lot more, like, yeah, it, it's a lot harder. It, it's got more of a direction. But at the same time, like, he switches it up so much. Totally. But there are a mm-hmm. lot of moments where it really works. Like, he has, like, yeah. some interesting parts with, like, grooves where, like, there's one part in particular where there's, like, bass synced to double kicks and it's like a very like staccato riff and then he does a guitar solo over it and it like sounds really cool and i was like that's a really cool part like i i really like this i really like this like there were were multiple moments that i i I heard where i was like this is cool this is fun and uh Mm -hmm. yeah i i don't think it's all the way strong all the way through i feel like the first two thirds are really really strong and then it kind of like eh. but yeah yeah it it overstays its welcome a little bit yeah a little bit but but the the first two thirds are very very strong and like it's it's interesting and it's fun and it's very metal um but it's like it's metal with some of those weirder elements from 82 uh wrapped into it in in an interesting and compelling way and it's very fun yeah i think it's great i think it's another great uh soundtrack to another fucking roller no bumper cars bumper cars you think this is a bumper car it's a bumper Mm. car record yeah Okay. Yeah. Okay, I could see because, I could because the bumper it's exciting, quicker. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like it's changing it up, right? You think of that you think about this album synced to lights. How about how about can we um can we say go karts? 
Okay. All right. Made that's in the a middle compromise. here. Yeah. This is, this yeah. Is, okay. This could be a go kart album. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Definitely a go kart album. I could feel that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's fun. I would recommend this, Pike, for sure. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, actually, another great pairing of three Pikes, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, the, the, much as last week, like, I was, I liked all three of these Pikes. Yeah, I did too. I didn't didn't dislike a single one of them, and I especially liked, uh, you know, eighty two was really good, or eighty three was better, and then eighty four was probably the best one of the three. So yeah. it was really nice, like starting out on a good album and leading up to the best album of the three. Yeah, pleasant I, I like listening that. experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's some interesting bass parts here too, which is cool. There were multiple there moments were. in mm-hmm. in eighty three and eighty four where I was like. Oh, bass. I, I'd say more so 84 for sure. Yeah. Um, except for like on 83, some of the like parts where it did more like auxiliary percussion and stuff. There was some cool bass stuff going on there. Yeah, but that, yeah that's 80, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 80, 84 had, I think, more consistently cool bass for the most part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were all uh, some some three great pikes here. Hell yeah, dude. I'm a fan. Uh, recommend, recommend you check them out. Want to take a trip with me? Oh yeah, I do. Trip into the bucket void. Demons from the bucket void. Bucket void. Yeah, where we like to shine a light into the dark recesses of the internet. You know, where people are talking about what we're listening to. You know, we want to hear that feedback. We want to. We want to talk about it. We want to share it. We want to. We want to show you what is special about bucket bots, bucket fans. Right? Right. Hell yeah. Let's get things started here. Uh, Pike82 Calamity Cabin. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Commenter J.S. Ling says, I wonder if this is a reference to Evil Dead. What with the cabin and the disembodied hand out in front of the cover art. Interesting idea. Um, Interesting and, you idea. Know, we, we know that Buckethead is a huge fan of horror. We do. Um, this would not be out not, of character. 100% not, no. Um, you know, in as much he, he had a band with um, one of the main actors from uh, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 uh-huh. um, called The Corn Bugs, which is great. Um, <laughs> yes, great. And super weird, uh, mm-hmm. but really great. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's some of the most unique music you'll ever hear, and I'd actually highly recommend it to people. Like if you like horror movies and Buckethead, it, it's probably right up your alley. Horrorhead, horror horrorhead, horrorhead. Um, so I I wouldn't put it past him. You know, Calamity Cabin could definitely be like an Evil Dead thing. Although I feel like if he was actually doing that. A lot of times he hides a lot of things in his music or, like, song titles for you to, like, actually understand what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I think if, like, Calamity Cabin was actually Evil Dead themed, he would have a song called, like, Boomstick or, like, well, something like can, that. can we look at the song, the, the track listing for Calamity Cabin, yeah, actually? Yeah. Can um, we pull it up? Because I, I'm curious now. So, yeah, I, I can just read them off here because I got okay. them in my notes. Um, Perfect. So, Calamity Cabin, uh, the first track is just Calamity Cabin. Okay. 
Second is walking in circles. Third one is actually, you know, the forest sings. So hmm. maybe. Maybe. Number 80, or sorry, number four is downpour, which I don't remember there being rain in the film at all. So I don't I know about know, that one yeah. at all. Number track five is um, What a Weird Room. That's, that could be. Could be. Could be. Um, track six is Found in the Tomb. You skipped track five. That was What what a Weird Room. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, number six is Found in the Tomb. Uh, number seven is Hollow Door. Okay. And then number eight is Beware of Quicksand. Yeah, I think it is. This is not likely to be a reference to Evil Dead. I mean, maybe, but maybe, if it is, but... it's very tangential. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Evil Dead is pretty good. Do you ever see the remake or that they did put out a few years ago? No, I have not. I've heard nothing but good things though. Uh, I thought it's I thought a really it, well it was done. Pretty film. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's fun. It, it's it, they do they do it a little different. Yeah, uh, I've heard it's much more like brutal. Oh and yeah, like it's not much crazy. Levity like, to the so film. the one thing that I I remember when I think about that movie is so much blood, mm-hmm. <laughs> so much blood. I, I'm pretty sure That's the dope. film ends with like a person in a literal like blood rainstorm, <laughs> raining blood from the lacerated sky. Oh yeah, like that. Like as um, Tom Araya said, Thomas Araya said. I, I will say that line is like the coolest line in all of metal mm. raining blood from the lacerated sky it is very cool yeah it's a sick ass fucking line yeah is an ass the song line? itself whoa it's an ass line yeah get in line for that ass baby boom 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 baby uh of course of of, of course you do um user cook more responds I see the hand. Okay. Bucket <laughs> hand. Bucket hand. Um, it's not a bucket hand. Um, on Dreamless it's a Slumber, hand job. Hike 83, mm-hmm. Slow Death Hook says, BH, not so creative with his song names anymore. Ha ha. But th- that's not true. Like Buckethead does like song hold like up. Pikes where he doesn't name up. the songs all the time. I read this earlier. Read the response. Oh, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware. <laughs> YouTube user Home Skillet says mm-hmm. little too creative with the music. Brownie face. Mic drop. That's exactly how I feel. 100%. Like, he doesn't need to concentrate on his song titles if his songs rip dick. They do rip dick. That That is for sure. They fucking rip nuts, Judy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Imagine Buckethead's house. Like, so he put... Oh, 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 oh! Oh, my Bucket God! House. Oh, my goodness! We have something to talk about, okay? Buckethead posted a picture on Instagram, on his Instagram story the other day. And I took a screenshot of it because I was like, we need to talk about this. Um, I should just image share it with you. Here, hold on. So, is do you think Buckethead actually is Buckethead? Yes. I do think that he's actually why, Buckethead. Why do you think that? Well, because of the shit that he posts. 
Like it's all it all like is very buckethead. Like he'll either share True. like videos of him playing guitar or just videos of people that he think are really good at guitar. And it's like the sort of videos that he shows are like hundred percent like the sort of shit I would imagine Buckethead thinks is cool. Like one hundred. You don't think it could be P Sticks or Dan Monty? Say what? We don't think the account could be P Sticks or Dan Monty or just like a big fan. I don't think so. I think it is Buckethead. One hundred percent. Here, I'm going to share an image with you. You should. Um. Oh, you disabled screen sharing, Brett. No, oh, I'm sorry. One sec. Mm. Uh, here we go. There you go. Should be able to do it now. Okay. So, this is an image that Bucket had shared in his story the other day. And there's there's a lot of interesting things in this image. Now, first, so first, so first, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. First off, what's really interesting is a fucking Subaru brat. Yes. So let, like... let, let's get to that. <laughs> let's describe the image for anyone who is listening to us. So what we have here is we have an image of a large garage. It looks like a mechanics shop or potentially mm-hmm. like a just large garage in a home, but it looks more like a mechanics shop. A hundred percent. Yeah. And the the folk the thing the main thing in the image is a Subaru Brat, which mm-hmm. is I don't know much about that car, but it is an so, unusual looking vehicle. From so the 80s, it was it a like. yeah, it was a vehicle from the eighties that Subaru produced and um, largely made to compete with um, the uh, I believe Chevy El Camino, okay. which was a uh, a two door um, coupe car. But with like a regular cab, like you'd have on a um, a pickup truck, and uh, both of these cars uh, had like gear ratios that were geared towards like um, uh, lower torque in order for them to have more like you know ability to actually haul things. And and uh, this is a very yeah. cool looking vehicle. Like it looks dope. It's got quite a cool look to it. And. Uh, there is what looks like a roll bar in the back. That's a hundred in the hundred percent a roll bar. Yeah, um, it, it, so it's in the it's in the back, uh, like you know, storage area, right? Or like what do you, what do you call that bed bed of the truck, right? So so it's both a roll bar, but it's also um, uh, what do you call those things? Uh, they're things they make for pickups, so you can um, like haul wood and put it against the the uh, back of the bed uh-huh. instead of like making it hang out the back. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's what those things are for, though. So, that and it also definitely looks like a roll bar too. So this vehicle looks it, it looks kind of like an El Camino, but much smaller. Like it looks like a much smaller vehicle. That's about um, right. Which is cool. That means it probably has a lot of get up and go, depending on the kind of engine that's in it. But what's interesting about this one is on the roll bar in the back, we have a sticker that says Bucket Headland. I yeah okay. I didn't exactly see that. Uh, and I was wondering what that said, and God, I mean, this this has got to be... It's got to be Buckethead's car. Like, this has to be his vehicle. Spencer, you should go to California and stock Buckethead. I mean, that's the, the like... I'm just putting that out the there. I'm just putting that out there. This, right? What? Like, <laughs> Like that—that's where we get to, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the, the final episodes of this show are just us, like, 
I, trying to find so, Buckethead in California. So I I have Dan Monty's address. We can't just go to someone's address. We can't go to someone's home. Like that's I, I not get that. Cool. I get that. I get that. I get that. But I also have the PO box that they mail stuff from and like accept return mail from in Agora Hills. And so we could just hang out at the post office and wait for Dan Monty to pick the mail up or Buckethead, whichever one it is. See, that's an okay like, idea. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. So we could just hang out at a post office like fucking creeps for for like a week for a week bucket and creeps. Hope, <laughs> bucket creeps and just hope that one of them like picks this stuff up cuz i've messaged like pretty much everyone in the bucket bucket verse and um you know uh it's hard to get interviews uh based solely on the absolutely reclusive nature bucket head has mm-hmm. you know it's um like, uh, so, uh, the other day on Instagram, I was talking to Bill Mosley, the guy who played, um, uh, Chop Top on, um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I asked okay. him to be a, a guest on here. He didn't, he didn't say yes or anything, but like he asked if like we were still, if we were in contact with Buckethead at all. And I said, no. Uh, and I asked if he had like heard anything from Buckethead since like the infamous call when like he disbanded the uh corn bugs and bill mosley said no interesting yeah so i don't know if like a interview would be worth anything with him even because like you know there are a couple of interviews out there like by natternet with him that like kind of cover his whole history with buckethead so yeah yeah you should try to hit up Bill mostly. Okay. Um, we should double team him. Yeah, we'll tag team that. <laughs> we'll tag team. Yeah, he's he's but uh, he's he's got like, you know, a quarter of a million followers and shit, so Nice. He's like legitimate. Nice. Yeah, so anyways, the only reason I bring this image up is because this was in a this was posted in a story. Now, typically story posts are more like snapshots of life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's very easy to just post whatever. It's not like seen on your page forever. Well, I'm, you know? I'm sorry. Could, just, could you do me a huge fans. favor? Could, can you try to zoom in on the stuff above the car here? There's like those those signs up there, and I want to see if we can read those at all. Um, one says, "When you're ready to get serious, BC Goodrich, or is it or B- B- BF Goodrich? <laughs> B- <laughs> hepatitis BF Goodrich Warlock. BF Goodrich, right? Uh, but mm. yeah, so that looks like a. And then it, there's another." statement here that says 2.75% charge on credit card or debit card. So this has got to be a mechanic shop. Yeah, we do not something personal checks. Yeah, and this is definitely a mechanic shop. This is not someone's home. Yeah, so there's like some Amazon packages in the background. There's a sign here that says notice all vehicles. Uh, dang, I can't really read what that says. Dang, okay. Sorry, I can't read what that says. Um, That's good. But yeah, so it's got to be a mechanic shop um, that we that Bucketheads. God, it's interesting to know that Buckethead drives a Subaru Brat because that is a very unique vehicle. That's that, a, like I mean, now, he's a very unique yeah. human hmm. being. Like 
it's very unique. It's very weird in like eighties slash early nineties. Uh-huh. And that's the exact same set of words I would use to describe Buckethead. Exactly. So yeah. like, no, I could definitely see homeboy cruising in that shit. That's oh dope yeah. As fuck. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a dope car. I'm stoked that Buckethead has such a rad ride. And I like that he even like draws attention to himself here as, as having a bucket headland sticker. That's so cool. And he even has a, a Subaru Brat sticker on his Brat, which is great. On the right-hand side there, see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Hell there, yeah. There's a Hell yeah. sticker of a Subaru Brat. So I'm curious now, is there a subreddit for Subaru Brats or Subaru Brat fandom? Because I bet Buckethead would be a poster there, I, though I don't think that he would draw attention to the fact that he is Buckethead. Definitely not, No. But yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. God, I should probably buy more asparagus and pickle it myself, huh? Yeah, you easily could do that. <laughs> Easy. Anyways, uh, I thought that was interesting. I'm glad we got an opportunity to talk Super. about it. Super. That is actually very interesting. I, I do wonder if that is Buckethead. I do too. I hope it is. I really wonder. Because, like, I mean, I have, I've actually posted on um, some forums before about believing that that is Buckethead's account. And some people immediately dismissed me. Interesting. Really? Yeah. And said, nope, fan account. And I'm like, really? I, I mean, and I asked them for clarification, and no one did. So, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. I do wonder. Interesting. Yeah. So, for Pike84, we have an interesting mm-hmm. comment here from YouTube user Ernest Saucedo, who says... This pike makes me want to duct tape kittens, then remove tape at high speed. So I read that comment earlier when I was listening (laughs) to this album. And, um, what the fuck? (laughs) I don't don't know. Like, I'm not sure what this person is getting at here or why. Like, they want to rip the hair off of kittens? Yeah, that seems terrible why would you want to do it that does. Like, exactly and like buckethead's music like even at its most aggressive none of it's really like violent yeah like buckethead seems like the least violent person to me right like i mean he he you know he's interested in martial arts and nunchucks and shit but like i think he's more interested in that on like a, a cool aesthetic like spiritual level and like he don't want to fuck with people. Like he, he does not make fight music. Yeah. At any point, I don't, I, don't, <laughs> like, I don't get the vibe that Buckethead wants to hurt anyone or anything. Like no, he seems like a kind soul. Right. He's a gentle head. Gentle head. Gentle head. Um. <laughs> um. I feel like this is summed up very well with uh, user Kindled One who says, "Okay," and then user Max K who says. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Pretty, it's a proper pretty, response. pretty good response to that. Yeah, okay. and like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of music that I've listened to that is definitely like aggressive music, and like comes from a perspective of like, yeah, I, I want to bite you. Like a lot of Pantera songs make me think like, uh, Phil Anselmo has headbutted people, like that. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Phil Anselmo is definitely like a violent person. 
for sure. Like he's definitely punched drywall. He's definitely headbutted people. Oh, yeah. I mean, imagine <laughs> how much drywall has been destroyed uh, with the soundtrack of Pantera. <laughs> Specifically, Dude, too much to vulgar- even quantify. Cowboys from Hell, Vulgar Display of Power, and Far Beyond Driven. Especially, I th- feel like Far Beyond Driven is like the soundtrack to like destroying drywall as a white man. Far Beyond Drywall. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, that's, I really like that. Yeah, no, d- definitely. Like every person that I know who still stands Pantera is definitely like, a drywall punching type or maybe not now in their life but like have definitely historically been a drywall puncher you know right at the same time like i in a do in a way do definitely stand pantera but only like one album and two songs yeah and that's power metal uh from like 1989 fucking rips it does rip i just listened to it again for the first time in like a decade the other day and like the whole album fucking rocks it's like uh it reminds me a lot of like um, Painkiller, yeah, by Priest. Like it fucking like it's Same got kind this of vibe, great, yeah. yeah, classic metal feel. But like, I mean, in Dimebag Daryl's riffs on that album, fucking rule. Like mm-hmm. Dime, Dimebag Daryl was a really good guitarist. hundred oh, percent. He deserves like the praise he gets, except like his fucking Dean guitars are fucking. They're garbage so ugly. Ass. They're the They're ugliest so guitars disgusting. that have ever existed. Yeah, it's like it's like he was like, "Hey, can you make me something that hasn't been made before?" And they're like, "All of the aesthetically good-looking guitars have already been made, uh, Daryl." And <laughs> he's like, "Well, then make me the ugliest shit you've ever seen." And they're like, "Yeah, okay, we can we can do that." And yeah. the Razorback was born. Yeah, and they're like, "Cool, we'll just come up with a bunch of like shitty photoshopped images, and then we'll like make a vinyl transfer and put them over this guitar body so it looks right. like." fucking garbage like, and then we'll you know, sell them and, and they're like hey Dimebag, you know how every fucking like uh stupid truck in texas is wrapped with like the dumbest southern bullshit you've ever seen and he's like yeah and they're like we're gonna do that to your guitar and he's like hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> yeah um that is definitely accurate i i got a great screenshot earlier of this dude that like got mad in it, so like I, I follow this group on Facebook called Actual Ugly Guitars, which is yeah. hands down my favorite fucking group on Facebook. It's amazing, and it's just mm-hmm. people posting images of like ugly guitars. And oh, I, I've seen you post several things. I think from here. Oh, absolutely. I I, oh. I I pull stuff from there all the time. It's it's literally my favorite group on Facebook. It's amazing, and uh, so somebody posted a bunch of the like dime bag signature guitars and that I thought was perfect and so in spirit for that, that, mm-hmm. that group. And like, I was like, yeah, hell yeah. All these Dean guitars are fucking ugly as shit. And, uh, this one dude with his, his profile picture was like a, a, a drawing of like a dude strung up upside down and like another dude, like sawing him in half. And he was like, you're fucking dumb. If you think those guitars are ugly, and or no, no, he said, uh, "Here, you know what? I'll just pull up the image. I have it. I have it right here. Uh, what did he say? Oh, right here. He says you're crazy for thinking his guitars are ugly." And then a gentleman responded, and he said, "It's all a matter of taste, and apparently some people don't have any whatsoever, like the people <laughs> who like these." Just saying. 
<laughs> which is an that's amazing funny. response. Um, yes. And then the, that same gentleman responded and he said, you're fucking dumb. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> which is an amazing just interchange. I love the internet. Like I talk about the internet a lot, but I love the internet. Like that like was a thing I giggled about a lot this morning and you know, I don't know. It's just it's a beautiful to see these people in their natural environments just taking pot shots at each other and thriving. 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 Yeah. Truly. Honestly, there, there's a certain point after I've got like uh, a couple of drinks in me where I'm just like on Reddit and I'm like, I'm just going to be mean to dumbasses. And then I just spend a lot of time on like r slash uh, capitalism versus communism uh-huh. and uh, just uh, talk down to capitalists who don't read books. Sure. As one because, because that's great. Because like the one thing I can always count on is people who ardently defend capitalism, um, and take no quarter and just believe that like there's nothing correct about socialism. I can guarantee you, every single one of those people doesn't read books, and like books, oddly enough, are where uh, information is. And so, like, these people can only be bothered with a cursory, like, a Googling and brief Wikipedia view of Marx and Engels. And that's, like, their entire beliefs on socialism. Like, you don't... You, mm, that's not what theory is. Okay. Um, but it's fun, because, like, you just get to talk down to these people, and uh, they never have any good comebacks. Oh, and so it's very, like, fulfilling, because, like, you just make them look like a fool, and then they just get angry, uh, or they come up with stuff that you can just keep providing evidence against, and it's really wonderful. Good. It's so, yeah, if you're a capitalist on the internet, I'm fucking coming for you. <laughs> and not, like, coming, like, with my prostate or my penis or anything, like... <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta make it clear, right? Yes, I'm not I'm not about. gonna have an orgasm for you, fella, uh-huh. unless like I own you so fucking hard that I have to jerk off about it, which has happened uh, at least a couple times. Tell me more. Well, I mean, sometimes you just like pull out the theory so hard that it's like pulling out your dick, and you just can't stop stroking it, you know? Yeah. Like when I, I get think deep I into sy- syndicalism, like it, uh, it makes my prostate go. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, in mind's eye says kinky. Like it's hard to speculate about Buckethead's kinks, and I think it would maybe be inappropriate to do so. But. Right. What kind of kinky sex do you think has taken place while listening to Buckethead's music? I mean, that's a good question. Because I don't know if, like, he's... I mean, the, the, the people who follow him are weird. And I guess yeah. that... Okay, so, like, weird people oftentimes are um, not attractive. And uh, oftentimes <laughs> I don't know, when I've you're known not, some pretty attractive weird people. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. But like, do you, have you known any attractive people who've listened to Buckethead? <laughs> Better uh, question. No. <laughs> there you go. So, um, like, uh, I, 
unattractive people are oftentimes um, gravitated towards kink because it places less of a um, a burden on uh, um, being attractive as a form of sexuality, right? I guess you could see that. And so, you know, it makes me wonder because, you know, weird people listen to weird music and have weird sex, consequently. Sometimes. Or maybe not consequently. Like, it's, it's all interrelated, though. Sure. And so, I, I got to believe there's been some weird stuff that has happened to Buckethead's music at some point. Yeah, diaper play, 100%. 100% diaper play. Yeah. Uh, mostly just diaper play. <laughs> no, I, I would imagine, like, you got some, some age play people that listen to Buckethead during. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, because, like, none Cause, of this like, stuff well, is, like, super kiddie. Because, like, age play into diaper play, right? You get the, like... Uh, right, right. Uh, you know, uh, DDLG shit. You know, yeah, yeah. Start to see that sort of shit, and I bet hell of those people listen to Buckethead. That that I think that's the type of RAM I have in my computer. <laughs> that's a joke for no one, but I love it. Uh, no, no, literally, like a lot of people, a lot of nerds would really like that joke. I uh, think. Okay, <laughs> good job standing your joke. I, I I think I have DDGL three in my. My Mac. Shut up! You you enjoy the joke so much. I do. It's good. You can't hate on it. It's good. Um, yeah, you did a great job. You nailed it. You're you're welcome. Uh, thank you. No, no, thank you. Okay. All right. All right, we we're scraping the fucking bottom of the barrel here, but lastly, that's but that's fine. We've, least, we've, least. we've got a we've we've soaked thirty minutes out of this fucking stone, like uh, yeah, yeah, and we got one more drop of stone left. Okay, we um, we, we literally milked a dead bull's <laughs> penis. Like it wasn't even a cow. We somehow got milk. We don't even know how. Like, yeah, we're we're just talented it. like that, you know. We're a couple of wizards here. I mean, I told the customer the f- at work, I said, I'm kind of a wizard. And then later in the appointment, they said, wow, you're a wizard. And I was like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was dope. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, one of the people who posts a lot of the Buckethead Pikes on YouTube, and this is the, the, the user who, whose postings of the Pikes get the most listens. Um, they're called yeah. Poly Poly Eight. Yep, uh, they that is actually how I've listened to all but like four of the Pikes so far. Yeah, like, um, there are definitely other people consistent. that post them on, you, on YouTube, but the, that's there, the there user are, who posts them. Like, mm-hmm. I think the most like frequently. So they're a big and bucket I'll, fan. Also, their track listings are the most accurate. I found. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're a big fan of Buckethead's music, and they they. Mm-hmm. It seemed their their intentions seem pure. Like none of their music, none of those videos are yeah. monetized or anything. Like right. they're definitely so, like yeah. just showing Buckethead's music because they like Buckethead's music. I, I will put this out there uh, between uh, Polypole Eight and Natternet. Uh, they have provided at least like fifty percent of the content for this entire podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm forever grateful to those two YouTube accounts. Subscribe to both of them right goddamn now. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so this was four years ago, and I, I don't remember mm. which pike this was on, but uh, four years ago, a user says, why you change profile pic? 
why Polly Polly ate? Why? And then a bunch of question marks. So apparently he changed, they changed their, uh, their, their profile picture. And then he was like, what? You don't like it? And, uh, the other, the user says you had the old one for so long. I really didn't see a reason to change it. And then he countered by basically just, Sorry. Just cut this out. This is so stupid. I hate no, this. No, go, go, I go got nothing it. good go to say it. about this. Okay. I, I saved it just in case we didn't have enough to talk about. We, you're right. We already had enough to talk about. So. Oh, we've, we've got tons. That's fine. Brit. What's up, dog? What you got to recommend me? Wow, um, that was so loud. Like, it was so like. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh,. I I've been getting into a lot of new stuff in the last week. So um Tell me. for some reason I uh I got really into um Civilization five again. Why five? You should play six, it's better. It's not. Have you played uh, six? I so I I bought six because I was playing five and realized I didn't have six, but I used to own it, but I haven't had it in a while. Um and five is superior to six. I'll say that much. I mean, I like five a lot, and I like yeah. six a lot. But like, if you're gonna play six, so, you should play with the expansions. Five, right? Uh, with so, all the expansions, is really like cool. But also, like six incorporates all of those systems once you have all the the expansions. Right. So what I really like about five is just like the early game is so much better. Um, and they released a. Uh, uh, expansion like very recently last year actually for five which is a game that came out like over a decade ago it's true um and it was like a late game patch to where it like actually made the late game so where it wasn't just you know going through like a production in every fucking city every fucking turn and you know just like trying to control your enormous goddamn empire yeah. Cuz you know, like if if you gain like a foothold around you know like 1000 AD in Civilization 5, the the end game is fucking easy. It's way too easy. It's just so goddamn time consuming, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then I played 6 and uh it's all right. I just really prefer most of the game mechanics to 5. That's it. Yeah, that's fair. Um wait, do yeah. you have 6? Yeah, I have 6 Oh, and dude, five, we and should I- play it. Like I've got six. I, I own it oh, yeah. on Steam. Where do you where do you own it? I've got it on Steam, yeah. Dope. We should play. Okay, yeah, that'd be dope. But uh because of that I um I started playing uh uh Factorio. Oh I've heard that's good. I haven't played that. It's so good. Highly recommended. Yeah. It's really fun. It's like I mean it's a lot of like engineering and like coming up with your own concepts of how to engineer like specific tasks. Yeah. And so in that way it's like, you know, like the old Sierra games like the Incredible Machine or the Incredible Tune Machine, mm-hmm. which are some of my favorite games of all time, but uh it's also that combined with, you know, just like um heavy like resource gathering like technology and like throughput a lot like you know, like Age of Empires 2 or like sure. uh, one of the first three Warcraft games. And uh, it's dope as fuck. I really enjoy it. Highly recommended. Tight. Um, and then because of that, tangentially, I was looking at a lot of Wikipedia articles and stuff, and I started uh, reading a book that I'm over halfway done with now called um, uh, Lords of Finance, The Bankers Who Broke the World. Okay. Uh, by Likwat Ahmed. Um, it was basically about like 
the four central bankers who absolutely broke the economy and kind of caused the Great Depression. Nice. Along along with Winston Churchill, because Winston Churchill did some really fucked up shit with the gold standard, but it's uh no, super interesting. Enjoying right. the shit out of it. Well that's fucking you, great, man. I love to hear yeah, all of that. Been been doing stuff this week. What do you got to recommend, dog? You know what I got to recommend? What's that? Is an anti recommendation because yeah. we watched half of Lethal Weapon last night, nineteen eighty seven's Lethal Weapon. We watched half of that film. And okay, mm-hmm. okay, a little bit of backstory here. I, as a kid, liked the Lethal Weapon films. I, I okay, when I was a kid, my main like source of like like visual entertainment was like eighties and nineties action movies. Like that was what oh, yeah. raised me. That is why oh, yeah. I am who I am. I'm pretty sure that's why I got into thrash metal. <laughs> um, long story short. 80s and 90s action films, huge part of my childhood, right? And like Lethal Weapon or the Lethal Weapon series, specifically the first film, was something I looked back on like pretty fondly. It's been a really long time since I've seen those films, but I, I remembered <laughs> liking them and enjoying them at the time. And uh, we watched half of Lethal Weapon yesterday, and it is not a, a film for children. <laughs> Let me no. say that for one thing. Uh, Mel Gibson literally attempts suicide multiple times in the first hour of the film, quite graphically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, watching it now as an adult, I'm like, dude, what is this movie? Like, what is that movie? It's like not funny bad enough to be like a like, you know, shit. Like, fun is like you're watching a shitty movie from the past, but it's also like, I don't think good or funny enough to be like a a good a good movie it's like somewhere in between where it's just like it strikes this like it's like the worst part of the uncanny valley but for like nostalgia movies it's like it has the stuff you remember but it also has a bunch of like dark sad dour serious shit that you don't remember that like totally recontextualizes a lot of the stuff that you liked about it and in a way that I was like, I was watching this, I was like, I am not enjoying this. <laughs> so don't, don't watch Lethal Weapon. That's my recommendation. Follow you on the internet. Um, you know what? I'm a, I'm a pull pull off the veil today, and uh, stop stop uh, having people go to my personal account. You can find me at Meme Scoop, S C U U P. On, Hell yeah! Uh, Instagram. I I also run a mean mean account it's a mean account it's uh, not a meme account you run a meme account and that is amazing and one of the finest meme accounts and i i oh, always you. share your content well i mean I you you, you understand all of you follow at i appreciate too. that but at the same time i take this with a grain of salt because you're basically the same dumb asshole i am so you're <laughs> gonna get all of the jokes i make whereas the general public is more like no 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 uh that Skip, being said, no. that doesn't mean that anything <laughs> that I'm saying is any less truthful. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, I appreciate that you appreciate it, but I also judge you for it. <laughs> Good. As you should. As you should. As I, I definitely should. Where can I find you, Spencer? Um, I'm at New Metal Karate Society on Instagram and at New Metal Cult on uh, Twitter. Oh yeah, and you can find us uh, at uh, a Bucketcast or at uh, Bucketcast on Twitter or Instagram. 
We make buckethead memes. Check them out. They're fun. I, I love that. I need to make some bucket memes. I had an idea for one the other day that's pretty wonderful, and I need to make that. You should you should put it up, dog. You know what would be funny up. is just to post like stills from pornography, but with just buckethead's head like censoring <laughs> the bad parts. I've, I've kind of already done that. <laughs> like <laughs> that's the joke. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you want content like that, check out our bucket head, our uh, at Bucketcast account on Instagram because that's what Hell we're up yeah. to there. So, Indeed, it is. You know. Hell yeah. This has been Britain. This has been Spencer. You've been listening to Getting Head, a bucket cast. Bucket heads. Due to your zoogle of flacency, I'm going to have to little the friggin' spagandack.